Welcome to episode 18 of the Half Point Per Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined once again by co-host Dalton Willie and producer Johnny Pham. Guys, before I even get into what we're going to be talking about today, I would be remiss if I didn't start with Monday Night Football, Chiefs and Bills, Johnny trailing? No, Johnny ahead by like .01 points. And Josh Allen throws an interception and the rest is history. Right, guys? That is correct. I, I just wish that it was kind of like the college days where we just watched every single game together and we had a video of Dolan's reaction during the interception. <laughs> like we have one of uh, Larry Fitzgerald, the yep. infamous video. I wish we had one of him just screaming, Josh Allen, no. <laughs> so uh, that, was a, that, that was a great reaction for me. I was really happy uh, to take out the trash. Uh, I know why Dalton wanted to look forward to week seven because he was just going to take the L anyways. So uh, I'll give him a chance to speak right now. Yeah, Dalton, real quick before you go, we were, we were all you know DMing each other on Twitter. As soon as the Chiefs kicked the field goal, they go up by nine. Obviously, we're all looking at the score. And I say, I was like, this could this could literally go one of two ways. Either Josh Allen's going to rack up a, just enough garbage time to get the win, or he's going to, or and then Dalton chimed in, he's going to throw a YOLO pick and, and he's going to lose. And Dalton, that's exactly what happened. What <laughs> what what went on in your mind as, as you saw that happen? Well, really, to all of our listeners, I'm very ill at this moment, and I'm only <laughs> here uh, to let Johnny goad me into submission. Uh, but <laughs> it all started with. Daryl Williams getting all of the goal line work and CEH just absolutely dominating the game in yards and getting me a lot of points. That was followed up by the one drive where I figured CEH would get a couple of points. He kept going backwards and kept <laughs> going backwards. In fact, at the start of the last drive, I was up on Johnny by 1.3 points. By the end of that drive, I was down by 0.9 points. So he lost a full two points uh, because he went backwards so often. Well, and also to be clear, j- to just add to the suspense on the very last drive, Johnny had Harrison Butker on his team. So he pulled ahead with that field goal. I should have added that too. Yeah. So the combination of CEH going backwards and Butker kicking a field goal really hurt. Uh, and then, uh, well, let's add to the fact that Patrick Mahomes threw the ball on like a second down to Kelsey for like 20 yards. So I wasn't even getting any points there. <laughs> All of that hurt. And then Josh Allen comes on the field. And he throws a dime to Cole Beasley. And Cole Beasley drags his feet and goes out of bounds. But there's a holding on the offense. I just want to make it very clear that Cole Beasley catch would have won me the game. Then Josh well, also, Allen. Also, if CEH just scores the touchdown, that was called back by kind of a questionable holding. That, that would have done it too. But Then Josh Allen just gets up there. He's under pressure. And uh, he, he did you know 2017 Josh Allen and just threw the ball up for grabs uh, and there there weren't any blue blue jerseys in that vicinity yeah if, 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 if that if that wasn't picked by dan Sorensen, that's gonna be picked by i think it was brashad breland who was who was right behind them so it, it had no chance going and that was like first down or second down so it's like there was still a little time on that drive oh a smarter quarterback would have thrown it away josh <laughs> allen looked terrible he just but, did he just looked so inaccurate it was the rain uh the conditions were tough. I will just say I wouldn't anticipate Dalton changing his Twitter name back to Josh Allen fan account too soon after what what he did to him last night. Well, he does play the Jets this week, so I mean, yeah. you did put him on the trade block. I tried to offer you a good trade, but you declined it. I think you offered me Harrison Butker for him. <laughs> hey, good trade. Butker went toe to toe and actually came out on the better side at the end of that game. Um, in, in your matchup. Real quick, actually, Dalton, before you go, because I know you're not feeling well, we had actually talked about doing a little bit of grade the trade, and you just made a trade right before we hopped on this podcast. So I would like us to discuss it real quick. Dalton sends out Allen Robinson, gets back Justin Jefferson and Hayden Hurst. First, I, I want to hear just your logic real quick on on why you thought this was a, a good move for your team. You also dropped Zach Ertz, so get him off your roster. Yeah, a couple things here. First, I was under pressure because I was sick, and uh, I'm Allen Robinson gets the targets, but the offense in Chicago's passing game is pretty capped just because they're not good at it. Uh, Jefferson provides me a great opportunity to boom every week, and I don't think Allen Robinson, despite all those targets, really gives you that. He gives you a really safe floor, and with Devontae Adams and Will Fuller already on that team, I got the opportunity uh, to have a safe floor, at least with Devontae Adams. Will Fuller might be a floor play. We don't know. He's 
pretty consistently <laughs> scoring points. And Hayden Hurst is a relatively good tight end, plays the Lions this week, who have one of the worst defenses when it comes to tight end defense, and our waiver wire tight end pickups for uh, overall were pretty bad. I mean, right now, Jefferson's a higher-ranked wide receiver than Allen Robinson. I don't think that'll stay into season, but he's definitely very talented, and that offense sucks defensively. Mm-hmm. I can see why you did it. I think I would give this trade. I'll, I'll go. I'll go B minus. I'll be. I'll be. I'll, I'll go B minus. It's not my favorite trade. I can understand the logic. It could definitely work out if Jefferson continues the boom. But also, I do just worry that you traded a very, a very steady top ten guy out of your starting lineup for a guy that I worry maybe it's not this good the whole season. I will say for all listening, I've been a little out of it last two days. I did not know. That Jefferson was on by this week. <laughs> that, that was also what I was going to ask. Um, you trade, you trade for a guy on on his buy in a week where I need to win. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that was regrettable. I'm starting three Bills players against the Jets: uh, John, John Brown, Devin Singletary, and Josh Allen. Just really hoping for a repeat of last game. Uh, no, that was uh, ill-advised oversight on my part. I will say. Uh, the initial trade offer was Devonte Adams for those two, and I said, "There's no chance that's happening." Yeah, that that would not have been good. Yes, I was proud of myself for at least getting <laughs> getting that done. Congrats. Well, okay, just because you reminded me of Jefferson being on a buy, I'm moving it back down to a C plus. Johnny, what, what if you give it a letter grade? Then we'll let Dalton go. Um, I wouldn't even give him a C plus. I give him a C. I just, I, I just don't like trading away just like a top ten player like Allen Robinson is, and I just feel like Dalton. After me being the crap out of him, he's just kind of scrambling, doesn't know what to do with his team. You traded Michael Thomas last year for James White and Emmanuel Sanders. Okay, I don't want to hear trading a top was, 10 player. That away. was last you year. Wanna okay. that was you want to grade the trade? That's a two. That's a two. That's not even in the ABCs. That's how bad it was. It was a two. You are so dumb, and I won't let you talk to me like that because you are beneath me. Go back <laughs> to the loser's corner and hop <laughs> off. Wait, talk to me when you beat me, okay? Uh, 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 speak up. Oh, wait, you can't speak yet. Oh, and Dalton is off the podcast. And he's gone. Hopefully, hopefully he gets well soon. He was looking pretty, we'll say pretty weak, drinking his soup with, with two hands right before we started the pod. So I don't even know if that was soup or not. That was questionable. True. Could have been emergency. Could have been who knows <laughs> what. And in that cup, get well soon, bud. But as we move through this show, Johnny, I've got a couple of things at the beginning, just news items we'll get to. Um, also, the bit, the big thing here is we're going to do a little redraft, and this is kind of a quick and easy way to look at what we would say is our rest of season ranks, and only like the very top, guys. I don't know how many rounds we're going to get through. We're just going to kind of go and see where we are on time, hoping to get through at least two rounds, and we'll just kind of see from there. And then, of course... Uh, I'll have some start sits, and let me just say those start sits are a little spicy, a little questionable <laughs> maybe this week. Um, last week, if you started Kirk Cousins, like I said, as your streamer, you felt very terrible for a while, which you know I did as well. He was like at negative five points at one point. It worked out for you. Just don't watch the game. Just don't watch the game, and that'll be my <laughs> advice with this quarterback uh, this week as well. Don't watch the game. Just look at your points because you it, it could turn out pretty well. But where I do want to start, is Kenyon Drake. So Johnny, we we've talked a lot about Drake throughout this season on the podcast. He's been pretty disappointing um, relative to where he was drafted. Probably a top fifteen pick in most leagues. He goes for twenty carries, one hundred sixty four yards, and two touchdowns against the Cowboys. He has that sixty nine yard touchdown run, which was in there's garbage time, and then there's that <laughs> run. Like that game could not have been more out of hand. Um, when he did that, he's still sitting on six receptions for 22 yards for the season. Like that, that's like, oh, that that's just not anywhere close to what anybody would have projected for him. Are you keeping or trading Kenyon Drake after this week? Oh, if I if I had Kenyon Drake, this is like the the perfect time to trade him. Right after a boom of a game, I think that's mm-hmm. probably gonna be the best game he's gonna have all season. Yeah. So, so oh, yeah. Now, now's the time to trade him away and just try mm-hmm. and get as much value as you can back, just because he's on he's on such a high. Everyone's like knows the name. He's like, oh, he just had a great game last week, but I think it's time to trade him. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you kept him this week, obviously he was a huge help in your lineup, but it was also a really good time to trade him before this week because everybody knew that the Cowboys were terrible and that defense could definitely be had. But I agree with you. I I think 
we had kind of talked about we were just waiting for that one big Kenyon Drake game and and we want them off our roster if we have them and I definitely agree with you in that regard in um in our other league Sunday fun day I actually got offered Kenyon Drake uh from Noah for Jonathan Taylor he offered me Kenyon Drake and Keelan Cole for Jonathan Taylor and I declined that trade very quickly very quickly <laughs> So if that gives you any indication <laughs> as to how I feel about Drake, he is still not in that tier of of top top running backs for me at this point. I just don't have faith. He's looked pretty average to me this year with Chase Edmonds not really looking a whole lot different. That you sometimes you wouldn't even know, you know, if Drake wasn't the bigger guy. Just if you're looking at them running, it's hard to tell them apart sometimes. Besides the size, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and then a little bit of a surprising move today, although maybe not if you think about the Dolphins and they've kind of been, you know, the process Sixers of the <laughs> of the NFL, I guess. But they bench Ryan Fitzpatrick coming out of the bye. It's going to be Tua, and Tua played one series and apparently took that job. I, the Dolphins have been winning, but like I said, I guess we're going full process here and and just putting the young guys in. I understand putting Tua in. The timing from the outside seems weird, but. We'll see what happens. I, I think what people really care about, though, is what this does for their fantasy weapons, and mainly Devontae Parker, who's the tw- wide receiver 26 so far this season, half-point scoring, and Miles Gaskin, who is the running back 16 and has had a, a very good season and been a you know very nice find on waivers if you got him. And to me, I mean, I know this is a boring answer, but it's this is like the ultimate wait and see. Like, you, you can't really trade... I'd say if I got someone to pay up for those guys, thinking that Tua is going to boost the situation, I would trade. But otherwise, I think I'm probably holding because Tua, it could be really volatile, but also, like, isn't that been Ryan Fitzpatrick's whole career? Like, even if Tua is really up and down, like, I think we could have expected that from Fitzpatrick anyway, right? Yeah, I I was definitely a little disappointed. Not disappointed. I was a little shocked hearing that they bench Ryan Fitzpatrick after seeing Tua throw one pass for two yards, essentially. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, that, that's an idea, Brian Flores. But just, I, I would give I would give the Dolphins, like, three weeks just to see how, like, Devontae Parker and Miles Gaskin do, see if they do worse, if they don't get any targets, like, if they improve or not. I, I think, I, I agree with you. I just think it's a wait and see. I'd probably give it three or four weeks. Probably, like, around trade trade deadlines probably when I would start looking for like feelings for those players. Mm -hmm. I would say that, and we talked about this a little bit before the season when it wasn't really clear if Tua was going to be the guy because he was still kind of working back from that hip. Um, With Parker, the thing that's great about Fitzpatrick is that Fitzpatrick, you talk about the YOLO thrower. I mean, he will, if he wants to throw it to Devontae Parker, he will almost no matter what the coverage is. And that can be a good thing for Devontae Parker. And also a bad thing for the Dolphins at times. Um, obviously, he throws uh, some interceptions in that scenario. I think it's funny. I actually saw this. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the account Gift Sports on Twitter. He's a, he's a South Florida guy, so he's a Dolphins fan. He tweeted the Dolphins are jumping ship on Fitzpatrick before the cycle. You know, paid slash sucking part um, kicks in. And the cycle is really funny. It's get released, get signed as backup, starter gets hurt, thrown into game, Plays very well, earns starting spot, gets paid, sucks. <laughs> and that has like literally been <laughs> his entire career. Yeah, like I, I don't even how many teams has he played for? Like, uh, like, like so, six? So, like so many. And it feels like he's like played for the Bills like three different times. That I could be wrong on that, but it just that's just how it feels. But I would say on Parker, I think the upside is actually higher in this situation because to a you know, we, we kind of see it with Herbert um, right now. Like Tua could come in and just be like really, really good. And like Fitzpatrick, for the numbers that he could put up sometimes, he's just not a good NFL quarterback. Like he can be good, but he's not a good NFL quarterback. So maybe Tua is that. And I think an offense with a good NFL quarterback with more, you're going to get more touchdown opportunities, more red zone opportunities. I, I think that is ultimately still better. Uh, for the offense and for those skill guys, if that were to happen, and I think there's obviously a higher chance with Tua than than the other way. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely like how I, I did like to see whenever Tua came in, like you saw like shots of Fitzpatrick like clapping his hands. Like, Do you really think he would have been that excited if he knew that he was getting benched 
no oh no if he were if he was told that hey this is gonna be your last series he i don't he would just be in stone cold face but i uh, it, 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 it's just funny like looking back on that on the optics that like, he was so excited and obviously you know great teammate great guy he yeah. probably would have been excited for him anyway but it's like you look back on him like openly applauding like that and it's like oh like that is his last series maybe with the team for good unless something happens with tua and i mentioned this on twitter actually but I can 1,000% see um, Fitzmagic on the Dallas Cowboys before this season is over. We Obviously, we all saw what Andy Dalton is capable of last night, and not in a good way. Um, Three points, essentially, until garbage time against the Cardinals, who are not exactly a defensive juggernaut, I would not say. And... (laughs) I mean, on top of that, you've got the you know the reports coming out today, uh, you know about the coaching staff. There already seems to be um, some issues going on there. So this just feels like a Jerry Jones quick trigger. Let's get this guy in who I think is a better player than Andy Dalton and can just get us to the playoffs. Which I mean, hey, they could win five games and make the playoffs in that division this year. Yeah, like I, I do like the idea of Fitzmagic going to the Cowboys just because like I just feel that. He just can fit into any offense and just slings it. Like no matter what type of offense, is, I just feel like he just molds himself. Well, you talk about offense, offense that's gonna let him sling it. It would be exactly, them. yeah. Like it's just all those wide receiver weapons. Like like having C.D. Lamb have like three catches. Like that's just not what you want to see. You like Amari Cooper with like one catch at the half. Like that's when you knew, like that's when you know the Cowboys would do in that game. <laughs> Can't you just close your eyes and visualize? Kyle Allen and the Washington football team playing Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day because that it's what that is what's gonna happen and it's gonna be terrible. Oh God! I, I saw uh, Big Cat tweeted that uh, the Cowboys already ruined Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the NFC East just has entirely too many nationally televised games. Um, remaining this season, but neither here nor there. Let's get into this redraft. We'll see how many guys we get through. Uh, Johnny, you you gave me the number one pick, which is pretty generous of you because I feel like the number one pick is pretty clear. After that, it's a it's a little hit or miss or a little a little murky, I guess I would say. I think number one um, is definitely Alvin Kamara, right? Yeah, yeah. I I think I just kind of gave you that as like a layup. <laughs> And then now I'm just like kind of scrambling. I was like, I don't know who to put next. Yeah, it's like Zeke or like Cook or Henry, but like you don't like their situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I still think you'd have to go with just Derrick Henry at two. Okay, that's my pick. But like, if you I know? hadn't seen what Zeke did yesterday, he would be <laughs> the clear two. But after seeing that Cowboys offense, I don't. I don't love it. Well, and um, the guy has fumbled like a million times this year. Talk about another funny fantasy football result. <laughs> Jacob Law, I don't know if you listen to this podcast. If you do, I apologize for the way you lost last night. So, Jacob, for whatever reason in the league that Dalton is commissioner in, that, that you and I are both in, um, it's minus one point for fumbles, like fumbles not lost. Mm-hmm. So, Zeke was like minus like six or like minus four for in fumbles last night. I think he lost two fumbles and then fumbled another two. It was like minus. It was something ridiculous. This is the second time that J law has lost, uh, mainly because Zeke has fumbled and not lost the fumble. So sorry, J law. I'll take my one point win on the next week on the next pick. I'm a little bit surprised. You didn't mention your guy because I'm going to go with Aaron Jones here at number three. Um, I, I made the joke on Twitter when he had five carries for negative one yards and and one touchdown that the touchdowns are just never going to regress. It's just what he is, and to a certain extent, it's kind of true. They may regress a little bit, but he's just a flat-out touchdown maker. He's a playmaker. He's explosive. Sure, sometimes Jamal Williams will be on the field a lot more than you're comfortable with, but at the end of the day, once you get past basically Kamara, all of these guys already have issues, which is not what we would have thought at the beginning of the season when top four felt so good and so safe. Yeah, like top four definitely felt like such a lock. And definitely after uh, seeing Aaron Jones have five carries and like negative one yards and a touchdown, I was like, okay, this is this is how this game's going to go. But I, <laughs> for some reason, I thought Aaron Jones was going to slide to me at four. Uh, but I think at four, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Zeke. 
Okay. Yeah, I just still feel like, I just feel like he'll still get the same amount of touches. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. So I think I would have, if it wasn't for Cook's injury, I think he would have been three for me. But Cook is just kind of perennially, not perennially, but he just has he just has injuries a lot. It feels like, and he's not the most durable guy. So you can you you worry about that already kind of creeping up. Yeah. This season, and then obviously the the big guy who has been hurt and who I think I'm still going to go with at number five. I don't know why I'm, I'm not even going to, why am I spelling his name out? Just CMC Christian McCaffrey <laughs> at number five. Um, and basically it's just, it's just a gamble and hoping that he's right coming off that high ankle sprain. They haven't rushed him back. You know, Kamara last year had the high ankle sprain and, and then the knee and it felt like maybe he was kind of rushed back. Um, so there is, at least hope that it's not going to be a Kamara situation where he's just clearly limited the rest of the season. If he's back and he's full strength, I mean, there's a very easy argument for him, number one, or definitely number two. So a little bit of doubt with the injury, but I still I put him at five and hope he comes back in the next week or two. Mm, I don't know. I've, I've seen a lot of Twitter talk of that uh, Christian McCaffrey is a system running back with what <laughs> Mike Davis is doing. So and Mike I Davis mean, did not have as good of a game <laughs> this last week, but hey, Mike Davis isn't a bad player. He's uh he's all right. Yeah, like whenever we were sc- or whenever I was scrambling trying to find out who the backup was, I have never heard of Mike Davis. And whenever I I first saw him, <laughs> he play, play, he he played he played in Seattle for a bit and Chicago for a bit last year. He's yeah. probably more well known for being in Seattle though, because he. He took over for a little bit and uh, and was like a decent player. I think one of the years that Carson was hurt. See, apparently I just never caught up with that because I either <laughs> thought he was a rookie or like a thirty-two year old signed off the practice squad. I think he's I think he's like late twenties. He's like right in between both those things. All right. Uh, what pick is this? Five, six. We're we're at six. Um, at six. Uh, my guy in the Sunday Funday League, DeAndre Hopkins, is who I'm gonna go with. Just. Just I, I just like how many targets he's getting with Kyler and just the connections just there. Like everyone's a little nervous with him going to Arizona and how he'll fit in the offense and like connecting with Kyler. But mm-hmm. I think it's just been a great fit overall for him. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um didn't have the game that you would have hoped maybe last night against the Cowboys. It was Christian Kirk that had Gosh. I think it was two catches, eighty-six yards and two touchdowns. Of course, the eighty yard touchdown really inflates your day, but <laughs> he had the targets. You, you know, you you know the volume is going to be there, despite yeah. the concerns. I think Dalton was one of those who was concerned before the season that they were going to spread out. Hopkins is clearly one of the best three receivers in the NFL, and they are treating him as such. And we are already really getting into the weeds here. If if I'm just looking like at a list right now, like Cream Hunt is already like pretty high up on this list, but like Nick yeah. Chubb will be back at some point. Um. You have Devontae Adams. You have Joe Mixon. I guess I'm going to go with Devontae Adams just because I feel safer about him than some of those running backs <laughs> who, are, who are in that range. I know he had the injury that he was out for a couple weeks, and obviously the whole Packers team didn't do anything really the other day. But I think Adams, he just still feels like a pretty safe top 10 guy to me. Yeah, especially just with who the wide receivers are for the Packers. Like It's basically nobody's, and then... Devontae Adams, so I, mm-hmm. I I like that pick a lot. All righty, who do you got at number eight overall? And if I was getting nervous with my last pick, I know you're already getting nervous with this one. Yeah, I'm starting to think like two rounds is a little long. Um, <laughs> um I want to say I want to say Chris Carson, but I feel like that's way too high for him to be in the first. Um, I guess I'll go with Adam Thielen. Okay. Obviously, I would say obviously Thielen's been very consistent the, uh, this year. The game wasn't quite as nice as people hoped last week, but still had the garbage time touchdown to make up for and has, I think, scored every game this season or maybe all but one game. It's been it's been pretty good for Thielen so far. Yeah, I definitely wanted him just after doing like a bunch of like mock drafts before the season started. He like always felt to me like around like third and fourth round. But- yeah, I was going to say so far he is definitely the biggest riser of any of the guys uh pick yeah. and I don't, I don't think eight for him is is unreasonable either yeah i definitely think he'll still end up like top six wide receiver this year mm-hmm. so number nine you know i've been staring down joe mixon for the last couple of picks God, and see, I, 
I would have picked Joe, but I just I'm just not a fan of how often the Bengals are throwing the ball. <laughs> They're like throwing like 38 times a game. Okay, I don't know if you've looked, but if you had the guess, what would you say Joe Mixon is ranked at running back um, through six weeks? I would say like seven. Seven. Okay, so like, you, you're actually guessing a little high. He's RB9, which I thought that was higher than I thought. I know he had the one big game, but it's been so rough. I would have thought it'd be worse. Um, I'm not saying he's going to have what he did at the end of last year necessarily, but I think he's still just such a good player, and you hope that Burrow keeps getting better and the Bengals keep playing better, and I, I just still believe in the guy. I mean, tr- truly I do, even though the offensive line is so bad and it's just not been good there all year. I'm I'm still taking my shot on him in in the top ten. Nice, yeah. No, like I love Joe Mixon. I'm just I'm just not a fan of just a Bengals team. <laughs> not giving Giovanni Bernard that many goal line touches just triggers me and beyond <laughs> belief. I'm like, put Joe Mixon in the game and he'll get in the end zone for you. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely definitely get it. So number ten overall, Johnny. Who do you got? I think 10 overall, I'm going to go with uh, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, even though he's injured. Even though he's injured, I still think Chubb is just so freaking good. Like I just can't pass it pass up on him. Where, where, where would you want him at? Like, uh, wait a second? Yeah, I don't think I would take him for a little bit just because he's, he's going to be out probably – I think he's still got – three or four more weeks like in in that timetable yeah um that we were given after the cowboys game and we just don't really i mean he's out three or four weeks who knows what he looks like when he comes back cream hunt is obviously there so i'd be a little concerned taking chubb this high but your call thanks thanks Coach. <laughs> thanks commissioner you're welcome all right nick chubb i'm gonna go with uh with josh jacobs at 11 no surprise for anybody who has listened for any length of time. He's been good this year. He's been a little bit banged up at times with, with uh, I guess, what was it, the, like a back or a hip? or It was something. I think it may have been his hip. He, he had some, some weird injury. But had a great game against the Chiefs. And I think for anybody who hasn't watched him play that much, you kind of saw what kind of player he is. Very, very tough. Very, very good running back. And... I think he's still got the upside that I thought he did at the beginning of the season. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think he still has that speed to him. And how many how many receptions does he have this year? Is he gonna be on his on his target goal? <laughs> you know, I'll if if you wanna give your, your next pick, I'll I'll look up his receptions right now. All right. To end the first round, I'm not sure who I wanna go with. I wanna go well I guess before the season started, I'd probably go CEH here, but we're not sure what Le'Veon Bell is going to do. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to go with DK Metcalf. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit surprising that we made it this far without uh, without DK Metcalf, honestly. Yeah. I, I do think he is so talented and he, he looks so good. I think he will be a, a top three receiver someday. And I mean, I guess he's the third, third or fourth guy off the board right now. I just think he's going to regress just a little bit. It's not going to be where he's at now, but I definitely think he is worthy of of a first round pick for sure. Um, unfortunately, ESPN is making me like actually do math. I thought they would just have it added up, <laughs> but I may be looking on the wrong page. But he's at yeah, it's like fifteen. He's at seven, ten, thirteen. I feel like you're looking at it because he has 15 receptions so far this season. Wait, which, what? did I say 15? Yeah, I think you oh, said 15. Sick. I thought so I said 15. Oh. Yeah, he's he's at 15 receptions and has played what one, two, three, four, played five games. So you know, on pace for a pretty decent number, I'd say. I don't remember what exactly Dalton and I's bet was on that, but I think it's probably leaning leaning my favor at this point. Yeah, I think so. Um, let's see. I think you're up. Who would you like to start off the second round? You know, I think I'm still going to take Tyreek Hill here. It's obviously been not the best the last couple of weeks. Teams are really playing the Chiefs for the long ball, it seems like. And they they ran it like crazy against the Bills. And the Raiders kind of had them flummoxed uh, for a little while. But I don't really think anything has changed for Hill. Like, he hasn't had an injury. 
I, I, I think the Chiefs offense is still going to produce a, a great receiver at, at the top there, and he's still getting a majority of the, the receiver targets most weeks, uh, him and Sammy Watkins. So I, I still have faith in Hill as a top top five receiver. Yeah, I, I definitely like the fact that – not like the fact, but Sammy being out for hamstring injury for the next couple of weeks definitely helps Tyreek's like, target share. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just Chiefs offense you just can't go wrong with. Um, I'm not sure who to pick on this one. I want to say James Robinson, but I haven't seen too many Jacksonville games <laughs> to kind of make a judgment on that. Um, I think I think – well, obviously, Dalton and I both had him as a regression candidate. I think he was 11 carries for 21 yards last week. Um, obviously, Ooh. doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going to be the rest of the season, but it was a rough outing um, for him and for the Jags last week. Yeah. Yeah, I just haven't watched any Jacksonville games. I think I saw Gardner Minshew through a touchdown once on Red Zone, but besides that, not a whole lot. Um, I think I'm going to go with um, – I think I'm going to go with CEH. I still think he'll – Wait, has has he gone off the board yet? Nope, nope, he's still oh, there. Oh, okay. You said CMC. I got it mixed up. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Ceh. I feel like Le'Veon's gonna have have an impact, but I feel that he'll be more in the like slot. I I don't think Le'Veon will have that much of an impact, especially after seeing what he did yesterday. Like he just looked like such a smooth, crisp runner, and I just don't think he'll regress. Yeah. If there was ever a time for him to have a great game, it was yesterday because he may have um, saved himself. And a- as far as being the number one guy um, in the backfield, I think obviously Le'Veon Bell is going to play over Daryl Williams. But I think the bigger picture for the Chiefs is Daryl Williams has been one of the worst running backs uh, by PFF <laughs> grades uh, in the NFL this season. So he's basically not going to play unless it's third and one. That'll be the only time he's ever on the field. And then you mentioned it with Watkins out, maybe Bell lines up out wide and in the slot some because he's he's done that throughout his career too. So I can definitely see it with him. A guy that I'm a little surprised we've let slip this far. I thought about taking him over Tyree Kill. He's gonna he would he would have come back last week, but he punched a guy apparently. And that's Michael Thomas, who kind of like Christian McCaffrey coming off the high ankle sprain, pretty much the same timetable. I think just one week, one week apart, but. Also, with, with Michael Thomas, you obviously he was number one guy last year. You worry about Drew Brees a little bit. Maybe that had an impact in, in him slipping. But at the end of the day, Michael Thomas is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Yeah, I, I definitely – I honestly forgot about Michael Thomas, and I think that's why he slipped so much because I wasn't probably going <clears> to <throat> get him until beginning of the third if he ever fell to that spot. But – I just don't trust that Saints offense at all besides Kamara with the Jubilee's air rate of dumping it down every four <laughs> yards. And I, I, just, I, w- he- I will say Michael Thomas and, you know, uh, obviously this is kind of a sore subject for him because he, he thinks of himself as an all around receiver, which he is, but he is so great at running slants and getting open um, over the middle on the short stuff that he fits well with a, kind of wash quarterback or like making it work i guess i should say nobody fits well with a wash quarterback but if anybody can make it work it, it's him and kind of his skill set but there is maybe some concern about what the upside on a week-to-week basis is if he's not getting a billion targets and kamara is this guy like he has been this year yeah for sure um and then definitely i know for sure who my next pick is gonna be it's gonna be julio jones i think especially after what he did last week it, it's just gonna I think have uh, Calvin Ridley slide a little bit more because I think he's like wide receiver one now. But I think mm-hmm. he's just going to for sure regress. No way he stays at that top three spot even. But I think Julio Jones being more in the picture. And I also saw, uh, I think it was like a Bleacher Report that like the Falcons might be like trying to mix everything up. and Yeah, like sh- yeah and trade, Matt Ryan. trade Ryan and Julio. Um, you, you mentioned it with Ridley. He's wide receiver two this year. He's one point behind Adam Thielen. And it's funny, you know, I said it's been rough for Tyree Kill, and it's kind of felt that way. Obviously, he didn't have a good game last night, uh, Monday night, but he's wide receiver four right now. And I think it's just a maybe it's felt rough because he hasn't had the big blow up game yet. But, but yeah, I think Julio is he's Julio. I mean, obviously, he's still Julio. He's still the engine to that offense. He's he's still amazing. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's also like Matt Ryan's go-to guy, and he's just gonna, he's just gonna get his targets. That's, that's mm-hmm. all I can say. Okay, so I'm gonna reluctantly take Jonathan Taylor in this spot. I mean, Ooh. talk about a washed quarterback. Um, <laughs> that in uh, Philip Rivers, Dalton, and I have talked about that. We talked about it in the live stream last week. We talked about it in the pod a little bit. It makes my shoulder hurt watching him try and throw a football these days but i don't know taylor's been fine and the offensive line is still intact still been good you think maybe the worse rivers continues to look the more they might try and get away with running the ball even more if they can and maybe they'll quit doing the weird thing of like oh jordan wilkins oh naheem hines like here's five random carries seven (laughs) random carries um, or like maybe Trey Burton won't line up in the Wildcat and score from the two yard line next week. No one loves that more than me, and I am a <laughs> Trey Burton truther because of that. So I'm taking Jonathan Taylor and kind of holding my nose a little bit, but um, it's about a whole round earlier than he went. Obviously, uh, it's not because he's necessarily been anything special. He's been good, but Marlon Mack isn't there anymore. If Marlon Mack were never there in the preseason, I think this is about the range he would have gone in most drafts. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then for the next pick, I'm I'm going to go with George Kittle. I just feel like he is just a machine this year. I think mm-hmm. he has, I think he has like four or five touchdowns already through six games and He's just on a pace that's just... And he's not usually a big touchdown guy either. Yeah, he's usually just like get us right into the red zone and then he just kind of disappears in the red zone. But I guess last year, um, mm-hmm. I don't I think it he's, was... He's tight in four right now and he's obviously... He's only played four games. The top two guys, Andrews and Kelsey, and Kelsey's the tight end one by like 21 points right now. But if you're <laughs> looking at... Actually, hold on, this is standard. Let me go to half. Um, actually in half point PPR, which makes sense because kill had about a bazillion receptions <laughs> last week. He is actually the number two tight end in half point PPR. And if you're looking at average, he is number one, like a whole point ahead of Travis Kelsey. Obviously he had the monster, like 36 point game, but you know, yeah, Kittle Kittle has been a beast this year and he's the clear top guy in that offense and again this is a pretty similar spot to where he went in drafts uh a couple months ago yeah Alrighty. so kittle and it's funny i actually think you're probably in the range where you could think about kelsey i think i'm gonna go chris carson i know um, neither dalton or i has been his biggest fan this year but at the end of the day he's a running back who you know we think the volume is gonna be pretty good he's in a good situation and i mean I don't know. I don't know what to say about the guy. He's been solid this year. Nothing great, but again, that really, if you're a running back, if you've been solid, you're going to be probably a top two or three round pick because it's been such a mess, such an injury fest this year. Yes, yeah, just such an injury fest where you just want to like stash a guy and like have a handcuff and just make sure you have enough roster space and just kind of mm-hmm. worries you. And then all of COVID, everything rescheduling. Um, not sure who to pick in this next one. I like I like Diggs a lot just with what I watched yesterday. Just that that toe tap just, catch he had in the end zone is was good, and he and he's been as good as any receiver in the NFL. Um, just talking from a real football perspective this year. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go with Stephon Diggs next. Mm-hmm. I think he would have been my next guy. He's he's been awesome, and you know Allen's been better this year. And Diggs, just his ability to always be open is, I think, a, a big reason for that. I think we kind of underestimated maybe how much he would help um, Josh Allen. We did see he's still a little erratic, obviously, but at the end of the day, Diggs is just an elite receiver. Yeah, for sure. He's just probably Josh Allen's favorite target at this point just because of how good he is. Like, that toe tap was just incredible. Like, watching it live, I was like, oh, no chance he got that. And mm-hmm. then slow-mo shut me up real quick <laughs> so Diggs is actually the wide receiver four i mentioned tyree kill was four um i was looking at standard earlier which by the way calvin ridley is number one in standard by half a point tyree kill number eight so to correct a couple of those things from earlier stefan Diggs number four and just barely behind deandre hopkins so he's been a top five guy this year and that's kind of what what we're drafting him as like a like a top seven or eight guy with with Michael Thomas coming back from injury and Julio maybe stepping ahead of him. But I think at this point, 
you know, I think this is where we have to look at Kareem Hunt. Um, yeah. I know, I know Nick Chubb is coming back at some point, you know, three weeks from now, four weeks from now, when, whenever. But like I kind of alluded to earlier, we we don't know what he's going to look like or how that recovery is going to look like for him after a, we'll say, fairly significant knee injury. I don't think he'd need any kind of surgery, but he, I mean, to miss a month and a half is not nothing. And even before Chubb went out, Hunt was a top 10 guy. And really, it's not like his production has skyrocketed um, without Chubb, whether that's been because of tough matchups, getting blown out by the Steelers, or just he had the groin injury. And when they were up so big on the Cowboys, he wasn't the guy that they were handing it to when they were ahead by so much. But I still I, I see Hunt as still a pretty safe, um, pretty safe play. He's a great player in an offense that wants to run a lot that should want to run a lot because they should be scared of their quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was going to go with hunt next. Um, if you weren't going to pick him, cause he's just, he's just a guy that you can't, you don't want on your bench at Dakota. Who's had him on his bench <laughs> multiple weeks for some reason, but that's here or there. Uh, but Hunt's just a great runner and mm-hmm. just like, and out. Outside of Thielen, Hunt, I think Hunt actually is the biggest riser so far because I'd have to go back and look at our draft board, which I actually do have pulled up, but I believe Hunt went like in the sixth round. Yeah, Hunt went at 6.8. Oh, wow. And, and like I was thinking, I was hoping I was going to get him at 6.12. Um, I thought 5.1 was too early for him. I mean, I know we, we knew we had the upside. We didn't think that both he and Chubb could be this good when they were together. And obviously he's had the, the advantage of having the roller himself. So Hunt is definitely the biggest riser. And I think he probably will be by the end of this, um, this two rounds with Diggs being another guy who was like a fourth round um, pick actually Diggs a fifth round pick late fifth. So we have a wow. late fifth and late sixth who have gone both at the end of, of round two here. Yeah. I, I think he, I think Diggs kind of went in the fifth just because of, like well, everybody was scared of Josh Allen. I think that it, was it. Is Josh Allen and also like John Brown as well? But mm-hmm. I think no one expected Josh Allen to be this hot off the gate, except mm-hmm. for, for last night. Except well, well, Allen. and like the 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 thing with Diggs was always like, well, he's just such a precise route runner. He's like the one of the best in the league. Like he doesn't really fit with Josh Allen, who's kind of a gunslinger. Um, just isn't the most accurate, but. The other thing about Diggs is he's a he's because he's a great route runner, he's always open down the field. So you know what? If Josh Allen hits him sometimes, that's gonna be big production, and that's kind of what it's been so far. And he's obviously, you know, you mentioned the toe tap, all the underneath. He's just been great uh, in every every facet. But okay, I went hunt. So who do you have, Johnny? I think we're gonna only do two rounds for the third would be way too long at this yeah. point. Maybe <laughs> we'll do a second newsletter later this week with uh with some guys that we missed. Um, either that we would have drafted or didn't go in, in these in these first two rounds. But who are you looking at here? With we're at the twenty second overall pick. Twenty second overall, I was either looking at um, Todd Gurley or James Connor. I do like just how good the Steelers are this year, mm-hmm. but I just like Todd Gurley more than James Connor. So I'm just gonna go with uh, Todd Gurley here. Yeah, I mean, and this wasn't too far off where, depending on your draft, Gurley was probably a late second, early to mid third round guy. And that's basically what he's been this season. And, you know, people will say, well, yeah, he scored a lot of touchdowns. But, you know, I, I mentioned the stat last week. He's like one of he's like one of the five youngest guys to ever score the amount of touchdowns he has at his age. He's got one, two, four, five rushing touchdowns. Um, through six games this year, yeah, one multi-touchdown game. But here's what else you like. He's in the middle of a really nice schedule. He's played Carolina, had 121 yards, played Minnesota, which obviously that didn't go maybe as you'd hoped. 20 carries, only 47 yards, but he's got Detroit. I mean, he's got at Carolina again. And then, you know, as you look forward to the playoffs, I know the Chiefs have been pretty hit or miss with their run defense, it feels like, this year. And week 16, he gets the Chiefs. So just something to keep an eye on with with Todd Gurley. But he's got a nice schedule right now. He's been about what you drafted this year. 
all these guys have got hurt. He's always been the one who's supposed to get hurt, and it hasn't happened yet. Knock on wood. <laughs> uh, okay, so Todd Gurley at, at 22 overall, and you know that really kind of puts me in a spot where I'm either looking looking at Connor, who I was scared of in, in the preseason, or a guy like Travis Kelsey, um, Chris Goblin, Kenny Galladay. I think I'm gonna go. This is my last pick. I think I'm gonna go Kelsey at, at this point at, at 23. He's just been so good this year. Multi touchdown game the other night. He has been clearly the the Chiefs' number one target in the passing game, and especially when these teams are playing with the deep ball so much, he's been the guy working to get open in the middle of the field. Him and Watkins, and you know what can you say? Kelsey is just he's Mister Consistency. Yeah, like you just know. Whenever Kelsey's just lined out wide, where he's going to go, he's just going to do a small little post and just straight to the sideline, maybe get a little yak after it. But then you the, know the, what the, he's the do. route he ran on that first touchdown last night was pretty special. Yeah. I, I, at first, I wasn't sure if he was going to get two feet down because he just like, he's like bottom half of his body. Oh, that was second touchdown. A- that was second touchdown. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that one was good too. <laughs> That one just like it looks so slow. I was like, he's not gonna get two feet in. He's not gonna toe drag. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can do that. So I'm like, oh, it's gonna get called back. But he got his feet down. So I just, I just feel like he's just, just such a great route runner. And then mm-hmm. him and Pat's connection is just so tight, great bond. And I, that's a good pick near the end of the second. Mm-hmm. So you've got the last pick here. Who are you gonna make our last guy drafted in in these in this redraft? <sighs> I want to make some noise and. Talk about the disappointment I've had with DJ Moore. But you're and drafting him here? No, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say, no. I didn't think the Chubb pick was good, but this would be a little bit too much. No, this is me just being just so pissed off at DJ Moore <laughs> and just the Panthers overall to where, like, I feel like if we reach, if it was a, nor- a different scenario, we know what we know. I feel like Robbie Anderson would go here. He He's at least... I don't think he'd go here, but it's not like crazy to think about him probably in like the third, I'd say third or fourth round still. I know he's been really good this year, but I I don't th- I think this would be a little bit of a reach for him, but I get what you're saying. Like Anderson has been the number one guy. He's yeah, been clear he's, number he, one. He's been the most targeted. They've used him. You know, when he was with the Jets, it was just deep stuff. He's doing everything and looking great doing it. Um, just another another guy who got away from Adam Gase, who is really thriving in the NFL. <laughs> See, um, other people or other running backs that usually go in the seconds, like either Miles Sanders or mm-hmm. Austin Eckler. Um, in between, obviously, guys- uh, obviously, Sanders has been dealing with injuries. He's hurt right now. Missed the game already. Eckler is still out for I think another like month. Oh yeah, and then I I th- I just think the safe pick that no one's gonna argue with or think is a reach is just Kenny Galladay. Yeah, I mean he obviously has had had the hamstring, but you know he's just still he's just still a stud on that team. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's still the same guy as last year basically and he was a top five receiver last year. So yeah, I definitely see the argument and don't disagree with, with him going at this point. There's not a lot to say about him other than I wish he would have scored a touchdown last week to help my DraftKings <laughs> lineup. But it is what it is. Put that more on Matt Stafford than Galladay. Galladay did also get interfered with in the end zone, and he got tackled on the one-yard line. So he was very close to a two-touchdown day, had none. So that hurts, but also would you know, maybe his perception would be even higher in this draft if he was coming off of a two-touchdown day. Other guys who I would have considered if we would have done, you know, let's just say like two more picks. You know, Chris Goblin, he's been banged up. He hasn't. He just played his first full game. And he's been fine, but I just think he's the su- the such clear cut number one receiver in, in that offense. It feels like just volume wise, and you know, Grant got the touchdown, and Evans will steer, steal some touchdowns. But I think you can feel very safe about the floor of Goblin, and you know, maybe if some of the big plays break, which I think they will, because he's just that kind of guy. Um, he could be in for a big a big second half now that he's healthy. Um, Amari Cooper, I know Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton. Maybe if they get Fitzpatrick, that would help. But Cooper's been so good this year that he's at least in the conversation, probably if we keep going. Um, Tyler Lockett, 
Metcalf has been the number one guy there, but Lockett's been pretty good too. Um, perception may be down on him a little bit because he hasn't been the number one guy in that offense. And everybody said, why are we drafting Metcalf ahead of Lockett? Well, turns out that actually has not been the wrong call. Yeah, we're good. Um, don't know. Okay, so we're yeah doing the pod on, on Discord, and one of our one of our bots just left. Thought maybe the recording was was gone. That would have been a little scary, a little unfortunate. So we will hold our breath on that one. But Johnny, is there anybody else that you were like seriously considering at the end of of the second round here? Um, yeah, I was definitely considering Godwin, um, James Connor. Yeah, Connor's another one. Yeah, Connor's a good one. But besides that, I, I think that's the only ones I can really think of on top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, and not that I was considering him here, but if we would have done a whole third round, and I think I would have had the last pick, I would have taken Ronald Jones with the 36th pick. Because yeah. I think Ronald Jones has been very good back-to-back 100-yard games without Fournette. I don't see how they go away from him. It's Bruce Arians, so maybe all it takes is one fumble. But <laughs> you know, Jones in a year where running back has been just such a hellscape, he he's been very consistent. He's had a, even in the game where he got you know benched and it felt terrible. He had eight points. He hasn't busted yet this year, and he's had a lot of big games. And they want to run the ball. It seems like too that he's gotten plenty of chances. They've and he also talk about. Um, a guy who should have had touchdown and all time should have had touchdown last week um, uh, against the bears where he rolled in and for whatever reason it was blown dead. And he, he should have had like six and a half more points that week. Robbed, just robbed. I think another, another person I would pick was probably like Allen Robinson. And I, I have like the, our draft board pulled up here and I see that I picked Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram in the fourth. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, if you were to like redraft today, where would you want to target him at? Knowing what you know today. Knowing what I know today, I would probably take both of those. Ra- like I would, I think both of those guys, Dobbins and Ingram would be like eighth or ninth round picks. Yeah. Yeah. Just pain. Ronald Jones <laughs> is the running back 14, by the way, this year, one spot behind Gurley, one spot ahead of Jonathan Taylor to show you the production he's been having. Um, And just to circle this all back to earlier in the pod, one guy we have not even mentioned in the guys we would have considered is Kenyon Drake. So just, uh, just food for thought, maybe trade him away if you, if you have the chance, but Johnny, unless you've got anything else to add, I think we're going to get to the, to the starts and and sits of the week and, uh, and QB streamer as well. Nope. I'm kind of glad that we both didn't even consider Kenyon Drake just (laughs) because how much down we are on him this Mm -hmm. season, but now I'm I'm ready to get to the start of the weeks. All right. So this start of the week, even though he had a really good game last week, it'll probably just feel gross if you're forced into it. And I'm not saying go crazy. I'm not saying you bench a guy that's produced for you all season for him, but if you've got a flex decision where it's this guy or, you know, somebody else who's just fine, I'm going DeAndre Swift. Um, Like I said, this is definitely a ballsy start. Um, People were really hoping that they'd give it to him. Basically, they'd give him the job coming out of the bye. And even though the snap count wasn't necessarily there, he played less than 30 snaps, which is fine, but like not great. Um, He still goes for 14 carries, 116 yards, and two touchdowns. Three receptions only went for seven yards, but we could maybe be heading for him really taking a stranglehold on that backfield. And he also plays the Falcons, which, hey, didn't work out for Todd Gurley last – or not for Todd Gurley, for Alexander Madison last week. Did not work out well at all. But you know what? The Falcons got the – the head coach got fired boost last week. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm calling the regression. The Lions have been able to run the ball almost no matter who the back is. on Johnson, Adrian Peterson, and now DeAndre Swift. I think he is my favorite guy in that backfield at this point, and I think he's a guy that I am probably – playing at my flex if I'm making a tough lineup decision. Bold. <laughs> it feels bold. It, it feels gross. But um, the sit of the week, and again, this has been a lot of Kenyon Drake uh, on this podcast, <laughs> but the sit of the week is Kenyon Drake for me. With the exception of the Vikings and and Dalvin Cook and then Alexander Masson who came in after Cook got injured, uh, the Seahawks have really contained the run like pretty decent this year. And – also, they've just been absolutely torched um, with the pass and especially throwing deep. 
uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Hello. This week is probably a good DraftKings play. Kirk as a dart throw as well. And it also just seems like the game script could really get away from, from Drake, especially if, if the role just stays what it is, could be a high scoring game or the Seahawks could just get up big and, and force the Cardinals in the comeback mode and Drake eight targets, six receptions, 22 yards this year. Not what you want. You don't feel good about starting Drake. I don't think this week, hopefully whoever you're trying to trade him to does not hear, hear him as, as a sit of the week anywhere, but I think he might be a popular guy who, who people don't want to play this week. Johnny. No, I definitely agree with you. Like if you are unable to trade him, you, you put, you sit him on the bench. And I know, I know it wouldn't feel good to do that um after the week he had and it'll feel really bad if he actually has a good week which is not like impossible and we're not saying like bench him in all scenarios but like i would start ronald jones over Kenyon drake this week just as an example of two guys we've talked about nod your head in agreement nice all right i i agree all right and now probably for the most disgusting one of them all my stream of the week last week it was Kirk cousins which again if if you didn't watch the game, you just saw he got you like twenty three points. You felt good. It worked out. It's it's all it was all okay. Um, this week it's Carson Wentz, and I know this just feels like I'm begging to be hurt by by this call. I'm begging to be hurt again by Carson Wentz, but he's put up some pretty good fancy days in not not great situations. I mean, we thought the Niners were a tough matchup. Maybe they weren't. Now, maybe they were again. He had, he had a decent game. Um, and then the last two, we know Baltimore's a tough matchup. We know Pittsburgh's a tough matchup, I think. And he put up quality days, and he's throwing to really nobody who's a household name right now outside of Ertz, who isn't producing still. Ertz is hurt. Dallas Goddard hopefully is back this week. They get the Giants on Thursday Night Football, so you feel pretty decent about that matchup. And I don't know how much of that Baltimore game you watched, but... If you saw any any like big chunk of that game, they were down by a lot, obviously, and they rallied and made it interesting. It was like Ertz just was willing them, not Ertz. Ertz was terrible. Wentz <laughs> was willing them back into that game. He kind of looked like Carson Wentz slinging it all around the field again, and he he looked pretty good. And you know what? I'm gonna ride that train and hope it continues against the Giants this week. Good luck. I don't I don't love it, but I don't hate it after your pitch, but it's it'll be an interesting Thursday night game to watch. Yeah, and it's like if you're looking at like other guys like in his range, it's like Teddy Bridgewater just completely, you know, screwed you last week. Joe Burrow, like I know they play Cleveland and he threw for a lot of yards last time, but like you don't feel confident in that. Andy Dalton, I don't think anyone's starting Andy Dalton no matter what the upside could be. Um, you get a little higher, like you're starting Cam Newton over him. You're starting Tom Brady over him. I'm not sure. I think I would start him over Ryan Tannehill. I know Tannehill's been really good this year, but you know Pittsburgh is a is a tough matchup. Do you think maybe that feels like a game that could be like 15 to 12 with Derrick Henry having like 31 rushing attempts? <laughs> so I, I I think Wentz is a decent play this week. I fully understand it could blow up in my face, but I'm hoping. <laughs> Carson Wentz has himself another another day this week. Uh, would you start Jared Goff or Wentz? Who does Goff play this uh, week? The Bears. I think I would start Wentz over Jared Goff. Okay. And I'm looking like through a list of quarterbacks right now. Like, yeah, like after that, like I kind of talked about all the guys in that range. Like then you have like Jimmy G, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr. Nobody's thinking about those guys, but I I think Wentz has a chance to. They have a pretty nice week this week and you know be in that like fringe QB one. And, and he's definitely I would say he's definitely on your waivers in in most leagues. So it's not like this is a guy that he's 70 percent owned, but he's not an every week start like maybe a Tom Brady or, you know, I don't know, like a Gardner Minshew, like some of those guys. But he's probably out there if you want him, if you want to take that chance. It might not be fun. Maybe just don't watch Thursday night and just check the box score Friday morning. <laughs> All right, Johnny, if you have nothing else to add, don't sucks, don't sucks, don't sucks, bye. That is going to do it for us today on episode 18 of the Half Point Per Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Half Point Per Pod. And of course, subscribe to the newsletter, halfpointperpod.substack.com. And I mentioned maybe we'll have something on some of the other guys who weren't drafted coming out later this week. Got the waivers coming out every week. 
Um, I won't talk about them because you won't be hearing this before waivers run, but just go check out the waiver column every week. comes out Tuesday afternoon, and we'll be back again Sunday with another another start sit uh, stream. We'll see if Johnny joins us this week. We could maybe talk a little bit of uh, of gambling, maybe a little money line money line action. Johnny's got a favorite pick this week. Maybe he'll he'll come on and share it with us. But yeah, something to say? Go ahead. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll tweet out my locks this this Sunday, but I will not be on the live stream. I will right. be potentially in a mountain. Okay, in a mountain. Interesting. I hope you yeah, find I, your way out of the inside of the mountain. Um, like the rocky one. Okay. Our show is available anywhere you listen to podcasts, most notably Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday for the live stream. I guess I will. Johnny won't. Check out the newsletter. Check out the podcast and the live stream. We'll talk to you all soon. Thank you for listening.